In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the great gifts of our faith, the great gift of our church, and we ask that you would bless us and give us the many graces that we need, especially as we sit here, as we come into our home, into this church. We ask that you just fill us uh, with peace, with joy, with comfort, uh, with strength to continue to carry our crosses and to live completely for you. We ask our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph to protect us and our families from all evil and all disease. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. amen. There's a lot of people in our community and just in, in the world in general who will say that I can just pray at home. I don't really need to go to church. I don't need to go to Mass and I can just pray in my house and I can just have faith without going to church, without going to Mass. The church is all about money, and all they want is money. And I think that this kind of excuse, because that's what I call it, it's an excuse to not come to Mass and to not practice the faith. It's probably one of the biggest pitfalls of the devil to think that we don't need this that this is not necessary. For many people, when the church was closed for three months, it was probably one of the hardest times in our life. Because the church was closed, we couldn't gather together, we couldn't pray together, and it became real, real, even to me as a priest, how much more necessary the church is. How much more necessary going to Mass is became even more real to me in those three months that none of you were here, that this church was completely empty. I'll never forget my first Easter as a priest and having to celebrate my first Easter with an empty church. It was a crazy time. But still today, after all of that, after all of that struggle that we went through as a world, still today there are many people who will say Mass is not for me. Mass is not important. Church is not important. Well, when will it become important? When will Mass become important? When will church become important? When we're sitting on our deathbed? Why wait until then to make this a part of our lives? To make this a part of our relationship with God? God wants this. He wants us here, but what the world is trying to do is isolate us. Be isolated from each other. I mean, just think about it. I always think very clearly about my childhood. And every single Sunday, every weekend, we were with all of our cousins, right? We always hung out with everyone, every weekend. Sleep over each other's houses, hang out with each other. And now, what's happened? We're too busy for that. We're too busy for family, we're too busy to be with each other, and we're just with each other. We're just on our own, we're with ourselves. That life is depressing. That way of living is depressing. Back then, I remember when someone would ring the doorbell, right? We'd be excited. Today we turn off our lights. We get mad when someone rings the doorbell, we don't know who it is. Because the world is causing us to be isolated. The world is causing us to be more selfish, to live more on our own, 
But we can't live like that. And the more we fall into that trap of being isolated, of trying to just do things on our own, of trying to live on our own, the more we forget what's most important in our faith. You see, we're not Protestant. We don't just gather in some big building and raise our hands to Jesus, hallelujah, right? God bless them. That's beautiful, they're still praising God. But they're missing, they're missing something so important. Protestants are missing something so important, and that's the Eucharist. Yes, they have communion. Yes, they have the breaking of the bread. But we don't believe in some wonder bread or some gluten-free toast. We believe in Jesus Christ. That's who's in the Eucharist. Now, the beautiful thing about our Chaldean churches and our Chaldean faith is how our very altar is set up. And our altar teaches us what is most important in our faith. First is the Eucharist. Any Chaldean church you will go into that's been built by Chaldeans, you will see the Eucharist and the Word of God. The Eucharist and the Bible, right in front of you. Because these two gifts, these two elements, are the most important things for our faith. But the further we stay away from the church, the further we stay away from Mass, we are missing the two most important elements, the Eucharist and the Word of God. There's power in these elements and in these gifts. If you've never, if you kind of struggle, many people struggle to believe that this piece of bread is the Eucharist. But that's why we come to Mass. That's why you don't just sit at home and Khaltu lifts a piece of bread and says, here, take and eat. No, that doesn't work. You have to be a priest ordained by a bishop in order to stand at the altar and to say, this is my body, this is my blood. And then that goes to the rest of you, to the people of God. There was a priest once in the middle of Mass, he started doubting. He was celebrating Mass. A priest was celebrating Mass and he started to doubt his faith. He started to doubt his own priesthood. And he thought, well, maybe this piece of bread is not the Eucharist. Maybe this really isn't Jesus. In that moment that he began to doubt, the bread and the wine literally turned into real flesh and real blood. And it was tested by scientists and atheists. Atheists! And they found that this flesh was actually from Middle Eastern descent and that it came from a heart that went through so much trauma. And these atheists converted and came to the faith. There was another priest in Mass, same thing, he started to doubt his faith. He started to doubt that this was really Jesus. And all of a sudden, the wine in the chalice started to overflow. And blood was coming out of the chalice. My brothers and sisters, these are real signs. That this isn't just a piece of bread. This isn't just wine. It is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And that's who we receive. Now, that is the Eucharist. The Word of God is the second 
most important part of our lives and our faith. There's power in the Word of God. I think sometimes we place so much emphasis on the Eucharist that we forget how important the Bible is. And that is one thing that Protestants do well. Protestants know their Bible very well. Us Catholics, we don't know our Bible. We don't know our scripture. And the sad thing is, is if we don't know the Bible, then we don't know God. If we don't know the Bible, then we don't know the Eucharist. The Word of God is literally His Word living, alive. God is alive in His Word. It's not just some words on a piece of paper. This is God speaking. God's Word alive. To prove it to you, anytime I preach on some subject, on some topic, if it's not that same day, it's the next day, the devil tries to tempt me with that very thing I preached on. Because the devil himself knows how powerful the Word of God is. I'll never forget, there was one Sunday I preached on patience. I preached on how we have to be patient with people, we have to love people, and literally that night something happened where I was the most impatient person in the world. And my homily came to mind. And I was like, wow, I, I literally failed at what I preached at. Because that's how powerful the Word of God is. That when this Word is preached, when it's given to you, it's real, it's living, and God wants you to live by His Word. Now there's a very important part in this Gospel. This father comes, and he goes to Jesus, and he tells him, my son is an epileptic, which means he has seizures. And he suffers very much, he falls into the fire, he falls into water. Imagine how many doctors this father went to. Think of your child suffering. If your child suffered like this, with some kind of sickness or disease, how many doctors would you go to to make sure your child is cured? So imagine how many doctors this father went to. Imagine how many rabbis he went to to make sure his son was healed. And then he finally went to the disciples of Jesus. And even the disciples couldn't heal him. And it wasn't until the father went to Jesus he went to Jesus and he said, Lord, have mercy, have pity on my son. And his son was healed. There's a really important point there. If you're struggling in your marriage, if you're struggling financially, if you're struggling in school, if you're struggling in life, if you struggle with depression and anxiety, you can go to a million places. You can seek for comfort and healing from a million things, but you won't find healing in your marriage. You won't find freedom in your life until you go to Jesus. Until you go to Him in the Eucharist, until you go to Him in the Word of God, in the Bible, that is when you'll find freedom and healing. So many people come to us as priests. Abuna, I have this problem. Abuna, I have this issue. Abuna, I have this cross. And you know what I ask people? Did you talk to God about that? Did you pray about that? No, Abuna, I didn't. I just came to you. Habibi, I'm not a magician. <laughs> yes, I'm a servant of God. Yes, I'm a priest. But my boss is Jesus Christ. And he has all the answers. 
He has all the solutions. And so before you come to me, go to him. Go to Jesus first. Because only, and if you do that, only then will you find that freedom and that healing. Jesus says in John chapter 6, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, unless you drink His blood, you have no life in you. Father Kevin said an amazing thing yesterday. Father Kevin is hilarious. He's my free entertainment all day. <laughs> and, you know, when Father Kevin gets riled up, I like to instigate and make him more angry, okay? So, Father Kevin comes out of nowhere and he's like, you know, there's so many people on Instagram that are smiling and they act like they're happy, but how do they smile when they haven't received the Eucharist? How are they smiling and posting these pictures when they haven't received the Eucharist in years, in months? And it's so true. When he said that, it just clicked. We wonder why we're depressed and anxious, and it's because we haven't received Jesus. We haven't welcomed Him in. We haven't gone to confession. That's the other thing. You can receive the Eucharist. No one's going to deny you the Eucharist when you come forward. But if our heart is not ready, if our soul is not ready, then we're not going to receive the grace in the Eucharist. We're not going to receive Jesus fully. That's why confession is important. And so before we go out into the world and find all of these solutions out there, and all of these comforts and pleasures out there, go to Jesus. The last thing about our altar in every Chaldean church, we have these two important gifts, the Eucharist and the Word of God. And in every Chaldean church, you will always see a cross in the middle. Why? Because we are a people that is called to suffer. We're a people that are called to be crucified on the cross. And so when we receive the Eucharist, when we go to the Word of God, we're given strength to carry our cross. But when we haven't received the Eucharist, when we don't open our Bible, we're not going to be able to do that. We're not going to be able to suffer and to live for Him. So my challenge for you is one, go to Mass every Sunday. That's the most important thing you can do. God wants us as a community together. God wants us in here. The world will tell us otherwise, but He wants us here. And two, if you have a Bible at home, open it up, dust it off. Literally put it on your kitchen table and open it there. And throughout the week, I want you to read the Bible with your family. Just open it to a random page and read. Read the Word of God. Because only then will we be able to really live in this world, in the midst of our struggles and our sufferings. Only then will we have the healing and freedom that we so desperately need. Amen.